Section thirty two of the Wit and Humor of America, Volume seven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Women and Bargains by Nina R. Allen. Show me the woman who, in her heart of hearts, does not delight in a bargain, and I will tell you that she is a dead woman. I, who write this, after having triumphantly passed bargain-counters of every description, untempted by ribbons worth twenty-five cents but selling for nineteen, insensible to dimities that had sold for nineteen cents but were offered at six and a fourth cents a yard, and, though I have a weakness for good cooking utensils, blind to the attractions of a copper tea-kettle whose former price was now cut in two, at last fell a victim to a green and white wicker chair. This is how it happened. I asked the price. Eight dollars, replied the shopkeeper. No, it was a ten-dollar chair, but he had said eight. It was a mistake. Nevertheless, he would keep his word. I could have it for eight. What heart of a woman could resist a bargain like this? Besides, I thought such honesty ought to be encouraged. It is but too uncommon in this wicked world. And, well, I really wanted the chair. How could a woman help wanting it when she had found that the salesman had made an error of two dollars? It was a ten-dollar chair, the shopkeeper repeated. I saw the tag marked Lax, J-X-X-X, M-X-X. There could be no doubt of it. I gazed and gazed, but finally went on, like the seaman of Ulysses, deafening myself to the siren voice. And though I had hesitated, I might not have been lost. But returning by the same route, I saw a neighboring druggist rush into that store bareheaded, as I now suppose, to change a bill. Need I say that I then thought he had come for my chair? Need I say that I then and there bought that chair? Thus have I brought shame on a judicious parent, not my mother, who has conscientiously labored to teach me that the way of the bargain-hunter is hard. As well might man attempt to deprive the cat of its mew, or the dog of its bark, as to eliminate from the female breast the love of bargains. It has been burned in with the centuries. Eve, poor soul, doubtless never knew the happiness of swarming with other women round a big table piled with remnants of rumpled table linen, mismated towels, and soiled dresser-scarfs, or the pleasure of carrying off the bolt of last fall's ribbon on which another woman had her eye. Nor had she the proud satisfaction of bringing home to her unfortunate partner a shirt with a bosom like a checkerboard that had been marked down to sixty-three cents. But history, since her day, is not lacking in bargains of various kinds, of which woman has had her share though no doubt anniversary sales, sensational mill-end sales, and railroad wreck sales are comparatively modern. A woman's pleasure in a good bargain is akin to the rapture engendered in the feminine bosom by successful smuggling. It is perhaps a purer joy. The satisfaction of acquiring something one does not need, or of buying an article which one may have some use for in the future, simply because it is cheap, or because Mrs. X paid seventeen cents more for the same thing at a bargain sale, cannot be understood by a mere man. Once in a while some stupid masculine creature endeavors to show his wife that she is losing the use of her money by tying it up in embroideries for decorating cotton which is still in the fields of the South, or laying it out in summer dress goods when snowstorms cannot be far distant the use of her money forsooth. What is money for except to spend? And if she didn't buy embroideries and dimities, she would purchase something else with it. So she goes on hunting bargains, or rather profiting by those that come in her way, for generally it is not necessary to search for them. These little snares of the merchant are only too common in this age, when everything from cruisers to clothespins and pianos to prunes may often be had at a stupendous sacrifice. 
a man usually goes to a shop where he believes that he will run little or no risk of being deceived in the quality of the goods even though prices be higher there than at some other places a woman thinks she knows a bargain when she sees it she is aware that the storekeeper has craftily spread his web of bargains hoping that when lured into his shop she will buy other things not bargains but she determines beforehand that she will not be cajoled into purchasing anything but the particular bargain of her desire unless unless she sees something else which she really wants and generally she sees something else which she really wants most women are tolerably good judges of a bargain and therefore have some ground for their confidence in themselves i have seen a christmas bargain table containing china and small ornaments of various wares completely honeycombed of its actual bargains by a veteran bargain hunters who left unpurchased as if by instinct goods from the regular stock offered at usual prices bargains are a boon to the woman of moderate means the deepest joys of bargain hunting are not known to the rich though they by no means disdain a bargain to them is not given the delight of saving long and waiting for a bargain sale and at last possessing the thin white china or net curtains ardently desired and still out of reach at regular prices but they have some compensation they have the advantage not only of ready money which makes a bargain available at any time but also that of leisure while my lady of the slender purse is still getting the children ready for school or exhorting bridget not to burn the stake that will be entrusted to her tender mercies they can swoop down upon the bargain and bear it away victoriously a fondness for bargains is not without its dangers for with some people the appetite grows with what it feeds on to the detriment of their purses as well as of their outlook on life to them all the world becomes a bargain counter a few years ago in a city which shall be nameless two women looked into the windows of a piano store in one was an ancient instrument marked seventeen ninety six and in the other a beautiful modern piano labelled eighteen ninety six why said one of the gazers to her companion indicating the latter i'd a good deal rather pay the difference for this one wouldn't you this is no wild invention of fiction but a bald fact so strong had the ruling passion become in that feminine heart upon a friend of mine the bargain habit has taken so powerful a hold that almost any sort of bargain appeals to her she is the owner of a fine parrot yet not long ago she bought another which had cost fifteen dollars but was offered to her for ten its feathers were bedraggled and grimy for it had followed its mistress about like a dog it proved to be so cross that at first it had to be fed from the end of a stick and though represented as a brilliant talker its discourse was found to be limited to wow and rah rah but it was a bargain to be sure she didn't really need two parrots but had she not saved five dollars on this one the most elusive kind of bargain is that set forth in alluring advertisements as a small lot perhaps three four or two dozen articles of a kind offered at a price unprecedentedly low when you reach the store you are generally told that they whatever they may be are all gone the other woman so often arrives earlier than you apparently that finally you come to doubt their existence once in a while if you are eminent among your fellows by some gift of nature as is an acquaintance of mine you may chase down one of these will-o'-the-wisps he yes it is he for what woman would own to a number ten foot even for the sake of a bargain saw a fire sale advertised with men's shoes offered at a dollar a pair he went to the store sure enough a fire had occurred somewhere but not there it was sufficiently near however for a fire sale a solitary box was brought out whose edges were scorched as by a match passed over them within was a pair of number ten shoes 
Number tens alone, whether one pair or more I wot not, represented their gigantic fire-sail. And I cannot say how many men had come only to be confronted with tens, before this masculine Cinderella triumphantly filled their capacious maws with his number ten feet, and gleefully carried off what may have been the only bargain in the shop. In spite of the suspicions of some doubting Thomases, who regard all bargains as snares and delusions, it is certain that many real bargains are offered among the numerous things advertised as such, but to profit by them, I may add, one must have an aptitude, either natural or acquired, for bargains. P.S. I have just learned that my wicker chair would not have been very cheap at six dollars. End of Women and Bargains <laughs>